When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fellas, first win of the season for the Celtics. First win for Fellas. Celtics post game show. It's the kids in the What's Sunday. up? Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning. I am Josue Pavone. Fellas, what up? it's the kids' table at Thanksgiving right now, man. Which one of you were scared throughout the first half? All right. I could go full Xanis right now. I could. This go... is boomer free. This is a boomer free segment, by the way. <laughs> oh, I want to make that clear. I'm so do... happy. Okay, well. You can't really do the full Xanis if the Celtics won. Well, you know what? Xanis was scheduled to be on the show, but when the Celtics won, he was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. What would Xanis have led with? I'm not doing it because the Celtics won. I think Xanis would have led with what we're leading I'm just kidding. He would have led with. So Al Horford is showing everyone that he's the only one with heart out there. He would have led with that. I know. He's there. He won. Al Horford, man, he got it done on both ends. He really closed the door on these Celtics team, on this Rockets team. Uh, Grant Williams, five three-pointers in this one. We could start with that. Jason Tatum bouncing back with 31 points. We can lead with that. Uh, of course, this team was shorthanded. No Jalen Brown. Uh, what, an hour and a half? That's the real that lead. We found out no Romeo Langford. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll do our best, John, uh, leading with Brown's injury and Langford's, <laughs> Langford's absence after a big win here. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. But you know what? Let's, let's just start with the game. Let's right, start the game real quick. 20-point win for the Celtics. I mean, granted, what you saw throughout the first half, I didn't think this team could win by 20. I figured the Celtics could win. Wait, wait, wait. You got to do your math over. You got you to gotta check your math, bro. Oh, they 10, won by 10. 10. 10, excuse me. They had a 20-point lead. You got to carry the one. Yeah, carry, okay, yeah. It's just wait and watch the one. I guess what I meant is it was 20. It was 20-point lead disappeared really quickly and i was thinking yeah. oh here we go again i mean which one of you guys i mean which one was scared that the Celtics were about to go zero and three be honest a little bit no i think Bobby. this is a game you have it seemed kind of stinks uh they're all young guys that doesn't usually bode well to winning a bunch of games that'll be fun i think you saw the fun side of this team here but they're also going to lose a million games and probably heck, heck high against. So you couldn't lose a game to this team. They turned it over left and right. They were giving the Celtics runouts. They made Al Horford look like it's 2017, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they were like crazy, too. Uh, the Rockets were pretty terrible in this game outside of Jalen Green hitting a bunch of threes. So you had to come out and win this one. And even with their early deficit, the way Jason Tatum was – laying down buckets there in the mid-range, had you feeling good about his touch in this game, and ultimately it ended up being by far his most efficient game here. So he set a tone. The passing was good. Uh, the movement and transition went really I thought uh, Dennis Schroeder set a great tone in the starting lineup there. I love that decision by Udoka. And, uh, you, go, you know, sort of going with your best five to start. He's been looking for balance between the two units. Celtics just put their best five out there to start this one, and they went down early. Bench kind of Grant Williams and the like. And then once the starters got back out there again, they just rolled the rest of the way. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was concerned. I mean, obviously it was, you know, when you're when you're dealing with the Celtics team that played the way they did on Friday night, there's you really don't know what the hell to expect. So 
I mean, I was, you know, I, I, I know the Celtics are better than the Houston Rockets. I'll, I'll at least say that. They I better think we can, be. We can all agree there. So, you know, when, when a team is, you know, kind of going back and forth early in the game, you're kind of expecting at some point they'll pull away, and that's kind of what happened. But it was all hands on deck tonight. I mean, without Jalen Brown in the lineup, I was very, um, you know, and listen, we've given, <laughs> on this show specifically, we've given Grant Williams a lot of heat, but he deserves praise uh, when it's due. And, I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, really showed out tonight and you know decent preseason uh you know he obviously came into this season he had dropped some pounds and he's kind of he like yeah, he's already got two this year right i mean he, he's he's yeah. he's here to play so you got to give him credit for that and they needed that production off the bench tonight uh you mentioned schroeder making my prediction kind of look good one of my only good predictions so far i think uh is that schroeder's gonna have a great season well the full prediction was gonna he's gonna have a better season than smart and Pritchard and end up and end up like basically starting, which he did start tonight, and I think we'll probably get into Smart a little bit later. But I mean, Schroeder seems like a guy that's kind of getting really comfortable out there. He's just playing his game. He's you know he's not trying to do you know way too much. He's kind of taking what comes to him. But he's he's a guy that can give you that spark. He's energetic. He's kind of flashy. He can, he's he's definitely a player that you have to respect offensively if you're the opposition. So that I mean that's huge. So um, I liked what he gave them. And, and, you know, it was good to see Tatum look a little bit more, you know, fluid, comfortable out there. You knew that he had to, you know, if you bet the Tatum over on points tonight, I, I, I bet you there's a few people watching the show that slammed that over as soon as they found out Jalen Brown was out. And, and he ended up, like, I think he hit it in, like, the third quarter. That was a nice, yeah. easy bet for a lot of people. And that's what you what was need. That? It was, like, 26 and a half or something like that. What did he end up with? Because right. I think he had, like, 26 in, like, the third or something 31. Like 31. Yeah. So he did his thing, and, and the Celtics pull a, a, a W that was a much-needed W. This was a must-win, not in the sense where it's like there's huge implications, but you, you could not lose to this Houston Rockets team. Yeah, I think after Friday's game, I mean, Bobby and I talked about it. It was more of a effort slash heart thing, right? Like, you, you have to bounce back from a loss like that. You have to show that, you know, you had that heart and that and that effort was going was gonna, to, you know, play its part out, itself out against the Rockets. And we saw that from Tatum. You know, I like the well-balanced attack. He didn't set up a lot of three-pointers. Uh, I thought the Celtics as a team, they did shoot a lot of threes, but the defense backed it up. The effort on the defensive end backed it up. So I, I was okay with that. I didn't mind them taking, what was it, 53 pointers they took? Uh, or 47, 15 of 47. I mean, they're open work. You know, they weren't forced, but they were making an effort to push the ball, making this an effort team can't to shoot. look in the paint. <laughs> You know, like yeah, they got to get into the paint because this team can't shoot. It's crazy. Grant Williams, yeah, right? That's the their best like, force spacer yeah. right now. What's that? Grant Williams <laughs> is probably your best force spacer right now. They're going to have to feed him minutes in that regard. Uh, so it's unbelievable. And we knew that coming into this year that spacing was going to be a challenge. On the Tatum point, though, bouncing back. We didn't get his comments in real time because we were done with post game by the time he came on and spoke on uh, Friday night. But yep. he was pretty conciliatory, you know, saying that the call has gone inside his head and he let it get away from him. You go back yep. and watch that tape, and I wrote about it for CLNS. They just lost control, went off the rails when a couple calls went against them. In the third there, they stopped getting back in transition. And, like, he was really conciliatory on that, saying, like, I got to – I got to stop doing that. I got to stop getting so caught up with the officials there. And, you know, to paraphrase what he said after the game. And he came out here and I saw one complaint, maybe. You know, he got a good whistle in this one overall. But he was pretty aggressive. Uh, you know, hit, shot a lot of tough shots early on. But that kind of gave him the confidence, it felt like, to go inside later, step into the three-point line later in the game. He was 
He was excellent in this one. 50% from a guy who's had huge efficiency problems going back to the preseason uh, is a great way to get back on track here. Do you have like a note, like a notebook that just says like Tatum's behavior? You know, like do you like <laughs> keep an eye on that? Like him, him and the refs. Like, <laughs> like Honestly, I know. It's just, I'm still stunned they didn't bench him for that. That was crazy. <laughs> it was like a scene on the court on Friday when they when he had got that offensive foul. But you know, well, we they, joked about like Celtic pride, like when the coach benches uh, Scott on. Scott, uh, yeah, that's right. He yeah. benches Scott for like 30 <laughs> seconds before the game, like even really. It's like thirty Look seconds. Look at what benching game. Grant Williams. What happens, when he, what, what happens when he eventually blows a gasket? Like that's going to happen. Like you can't control it. Like it's gonna, you know, every well, superstar that's the other thing it. Is, if you care enough. You well, that's should. what he said. He's like, I can't control it. Everybody does it, which I guess is true. You know, if LeBron's you have doing to it, control I guess it doesn't kill you. you. You know what? You have to control it, and you don't want to have that label attached to you. Like, oh, like you know, the refs. Are, oh, it's attached to him that, already. <laughs> I know. I think he's still, you know early enough in his career where he he doesn't have to it's not gonna it doesn't have to follow him for his entire career he mm-hmm. can lose it he can sort of settle down and uh, focus your energy on you know something else during the game you know and even like what happens to tatum is he gets so i think he gets so frustrated with maybe just not just the referees but sometimes himself like in game one for example he struggled so badly in that game where even in the overtime when he had like the and one the nice finish at the rim like he couldn't even be happy about it he was just pissed off because like he was basically like, oh, finally, like, I score. You know, like, one of those type of things. So it's like, he's very hard on himself out there, and I don't think that helps. I certainly don't think that would help his game. And, and, and if he's going to focus on not getting a call or, or, or whatever, yeah. then that's just something that he's just not – he's not got his mind in the right place out there on the court. So right. well, that's this, something this, that he this, has to work on. That's a maturity thing. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a difference between, like, one separate occasion or one separate incident than, you know, pouting, you know, throwing your mm-hmm. arms up constantly. Like, that's a – yeah, that right. nobody to wants to see that. Like nobody, right. nobody right. wants to see and that. And no man. rep like, wants to give you the benefit of the doubt. No, it's not going to help. You're not LeBron James. Look at Horford. Well, first of all, with the benching, look at what that did to Grant after he got benched for complaining in the preseason. That obviously seemed to get him going. But Horford in this game, he was getting like a LeBron whistle. It was unreal, and that's a guy who never complains. So. Horford right. has definitely earned some respect from the rest of the Garden Report is brought to you as always by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Once again, use the code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. From football to basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Once again, bet online where the game starts. Use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Oh, that's Emi's whole point. He said, we need to earn some respect. I think it hurts guys in this league when they're complaining every single play. You know, we'll have to see how that bears out with the stats here. I know our guy Matt Moore has been hot on this too with the Celtics. He's very interested to see what a team that doesn't complain statistically looks like from the free throw standpoint all year. And to not bench a guy for complaining, like you may thought he was going to do there, 
or Gime said he was going to do in the preseason, that I think kind of hurts because he doesn't have a stiff rule, like we said. Like, there needs to be a zero, zero tolerance with this. I, I don't know. Why do you guys think he didn't bench him? Did he agree with the call? Uh, I mean, did he disagree with the call on the offensive foul? Do you think it was a weak tech? Uh, did, you know, were they losing and within enough that he wanted to keep them in the game by keeping Tatum out there? Like, I was just stunned that he kept them out there. Probably all of the above, Bobby. I mean, yeah. I, I just – I don't want to say Tatum gets like a pass, but I just feel like in the heat of the moment, those emotional reactions, it's going to be like, okay, don't make this a habit, but if you if it happens once, it's okay. okay like we're gonna, we have to continue to – we have to win this game still, you know. Yeah, but I, and then it went the other way. It went to a 20-point game because they completely lost focus. So that's a good lesson for him, too. You know, I think we forget Ime's learning lessons, too, as a head coach. I think he made some good adjustments just in terms of how he put the rotation out there to start this one. And we can talk about that next, I guess, is the tone Dennis Schroeder put out there to start this game, starting in the place of Jalen Brown. I thought that was a terrific move. I think it's something they might be able to carry forward, and Jimmy's going to take a victory lap very early here on <laughs> – Schroeder being yeah. better than Smart. Was that your prediction that he's going to be better than Smart this year? I think he's going to have a better season than Smart and become like sort of like the favorite of amongst the point guards, basically more of like the go-to dependable guy. And separate note, I said he was going to end up being like kind of like the fan, like a fan favorite. Um, not saying the two are. I'm not, you know, it was two kind of separate points, but basically that Schroeder was going to be the, eventually be the guy. So he gets to start tonight. Obviously, uh, with Jalen Brown out, you know, somebody needed to start, right? So. Ime elected to go with, with the point guard, you know, adding a point guard to that roster and sliding Smart to the two, which I don't know if that's an, uh, any indication on how he thinks Smart's been handling the two or if he just thought it was a good matchup decision or if he just doesn't one, think. Yeah. yeah, or if he doesn't, you know, obviously with Romeo out, then he couldn't start Romeo. Neesmith certainly doesn't look like, you know, comfortable enough to be in the starting lineup right now, and they're already going double big. So maybe there weren't really any, many other options. But Schroeder certainly is capable of being a starting starter. I mean, he was start, started a ton of games for the Lakers last year. Um, and he's been starting, you know, throughout his career. So it's not like he's being asked to do something that he's not used to doing or capable of doing. Certainly, he, one of the reasons he chose Boston, maybe the reason, was because he knew there was an opportunity here, you know. Um, yeah. So obviously it wasn't because wasn't of the money. Uh, but he saw, you know, what was going on in Boston. He saw it was a chance to win and a, and a chance to play and prove that he's worth more than what he's getting paid this season. And when you play, you know, when you get that spot start and you go up and you go 18 points and you shoot 7 to 14, you know, that tells everybody that, you know, you've, you've definitely got a spot in this league and on this team for sure. Yeah, I like the flexibility yeah. in that lineup too. You know, the, you got the three-point right. shot. You know, you got guys really running the floor. Like, I, even when they were trailing, I was like, as long as they continue to play this within this offense, then, you know, things will work, work itself out. And, of course, the – the effort on the defensive end had to step up a notch. And that's exactly what they did, especially in that second half. And it was right at the gate, right? Right at the halftime, I was like, okay, here we go. Now we're going to send a message right now. We're going to start, you know, distancing ourselves. They got up to 20, 20-point 20 lead. You know, Rockets came roaring back, but then they were able to close the door on the Rockets in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and Schroeder's a guy, to me, if we compare the guards there at the top that makes the defense respect him with his driving ability, he gets the spots on the floor where he can be a threat. And that's so key to being – a facilitator. You got to be able to be a threat to score, draw guys, and kick it out. And he's doing that nonstop. I think his facilitating has been better than I expected so far with this team. Better than his scoring, which is kind of what we expected from him like a burst scorer, six man candidate, spark plug type of guy. I actually think he's been more what we expected from Smart, which is getting downhill, 
finding mm-hmm. guys on the perimeter and keeping the ball moving, especially in transition. Remember that pass along the sideline? Zipped it right to Pritchard in transition in the first half. That was a great play. I, I, I'm fine with him continuing to start moving forward because at this point, just like John, I, I'm ready to give up on double big. You know, Keep Grant at the four. Don't make him play some backup center minutes. Don't make Cantor get in there when that has to happen. Spread out the minutes between Rob and Horford. Have more wings on the floor. Have more playmakers on the floor across the board there. And, you know, maybe pair up Rob with Pritchard off the bench. That's a good combination there. You know, I I don't think Smart's making himself enough of a threat right now to be a great facilitator. It took him three games to hit a two-pointer layup with that, you know, crazy spin move or that crazy, like, handoff move uh, going left side there. He's mm-hmm. been terrible from the field. I, I think you might have to kind of move Smart back to that hybrid role on the wing there, and that might help your defense too. The Celtics were much better defensively in this one. Yeah, the Smart get exposed. It doesn't it? seem. It seemed like Schroeder was just calling all the shots. I, I mean, not exposed in the sense that he could, he can't man the team, but it seemed like Schroeder. Smart looks so bad. Did you see Wood just walk by him on a cut? Took things into his own hands. I feel like, but not you know, in the sense of running the offense, not just you know controlling the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's natural. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, Schroeder, Schroeder is more of that's more natural position for him. Seem like Smart has really adjusted much of his game at all to you know a different role or a different position or whatnot. It seems like he's just going out there and just you know I'm gonna do what I, I'm gonna do what I know how to do and and you know we're gonna ride or die with it. Um, you know, getting back to the double big for a second, the real concern is with Rob. Still, I mean, one of two tonight. I mean, that's yeah. You know, really, really, really a borderline non-existent you know on the offensive end the rebounds aren't you know he's not flying this is a big night for my prediction too that horford's gonna be better than rob this year (laughs) horford is horford's been their best player i mean horford's been their best player through three games so oh he uh, looks like he never left it's unreal horford looks great i'm like i'm on the fast track to apology cam i'm not ready for it yet but it seems like i'm heading that way i might be the first one of the year but the way he's playing i mean he's He's light years. He looks light years better than some of his teammates do on the court, including Rob, which is, in my opinion, and I think if John was here, he would say the same. It's just been the biggest disappointment um, so far. It's just he just seems like he's like a foot. Probably low, smart, foot. but it's close. Yeah, it's close. Why but I mean, why do you? Rob's why do you like a foot lower than he was last year. What's that? Why do you think that is? Is it, is it the uptick in minutes? Because obviously he he's not used to playing this. I mean, he he hit his career high in minutes a couple of games ago. What do you clock? It's not an uptick in minutes. These the, these guys aren't babies. You know, like they're they're fully capable of playing upper twenty minutes to lower. You know, thirty twenty five to thirty five minutes a game. They're professional athletes. Like. They should be able to play. They should be able to do that every single day. And that's the concern um, with Brown. But we'll get to that. I, well, I thought the interesting that, thing. That's a whole. That, that's going to be a whole other topic. But with Rob, it's, yeah. it's it's similar concern right now because Rob might just be playing hurt. You know, is he playing hurt? We know that he's been dealing with that knee pain again. We know Same that injury. he is noticeably, you know, less um, explosive out there on the court. And that's really been his. You know, that's the difference maker between Rob and everybody else is that he has been able to take it to that extra level or that that extra foot you know and he's not really playing above the rim right now which means he's really not he's really not useful the way that he was for you last year and that was the whole thing about Rob is that when he goes into the game he can do things that nobody else on the court can do right now he doesn't really seem to be doing much of anything outside of the norm and the norm isn't going to cut it he's just not you know that, not- that that makes double big completely like you said Bobby just get rid of it 
I'm not as low on Rob as you are, Jimmy. I think a key with him that we got to consider, and this is why I kind of gave Horford the benefit of the doubt there in the in the you know comparison between the two bigs is that Horford can handle the ball. He can run the ball on transition and score, being the only guy who touches it. Rob has to get creative for it. When we talk about the facilitation gap on this team right now, nobody really stepping up to the plate in that regard. There's nobody to throw Rob the ball, which is the only way he's going to score, the only way he's going to do anything out there. And, you know, I think the key right now, and Sean Grandy said this on his broadcast, I thought it was a good point. They're just throwing the ball anywhere to him. They make it like, you know, if he is physically limited, or even if he isn't on a normal day, some of these passes they're throwing him are just impossible to finish. Just go up there and get it. You're like, you're going to jump 20 feet in the air. And I think they maybe got a little too used to that last year because they are not putting it on target for him. I haven't seen a single great pass to Rob. Maybe outside that smart one on the breakout against Toronto. And, you know, sometimes they're putting him flopping on his back, you know, landing hard. That's a recipe for this guy to get hurt. And, you know, I kind of felt the same way with Horford after last game, too. He plays 30 minutes in this one, get a back-to-back tomorrow. They're asking Horford to do so much for this team. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the most important player on the team. And when you pull him out, as we saw against Toronto, it can be a disaster. And I thought it was again here when they blew the lead in the fourth. Uh, this guy's going to play 30 minutes, I think, for the team to be able to compete. And if he sits tomorrow, if they give him a break, I think it's going to be ugly against Charlotte, so we'll see where that goes. But right now, you're way too dependent on Al Horford and Rob Williams catching lobs downhill for floor spacing. I don't know. I don't hate it. I mean, you don't want to see it go all season long. But, I mean, for now, why not ride that momentum that Al's got going right now? Oh, I mean, of course. It's great that you can play I mean, dirty tonight. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's temporary, honestly. I mean, ideally – I don't either. Don't why would it be? No, it I, I mean – well, no, I'm I'm saying that energy. I don't think it's just gonna like this is just like a spike. It's just gonna it's gonna drop. drop Man, the you are dominant season. out there. Oh my yeah. god! I think Gordon, the- relax, relax, relax over there. Oh yeah. my god, Gordon and Tate. They had to like <laughs> shove him out of bounds when he was posting them up to stop him when he got like the two or three foul calls in a row there. Uh, that run out and transition that effectively iced the game there when he blew up the set. He was entering his 29th minute at that point when he got that steal and. You know, the shot blocking out there was impressive, too. How many blocks does he have this season at this point? Like, three a game? It's got to be. double digits at this point. So so that's great. And and obviously, you like like to see that. But what Southern fans don't want to hear is Jalen Brown missing game, especially if it's something to do with his left knee, because that was the case uh, Sunday against the Rockets. Oh, we're going there. We're going there. What's up? We're going there. We're going. We're going to Jalen. We're doing the Jalen segment. All right. No, I said we're going there. We we put it off as long as we could. We put it off as long as we possibly could. But in reality, reality it's the most important thing by far. How about Ime Udoka delivering the good news, bad news, right? We came out with the the bad news first, but the good news is he's hoping that that he'll be able to go tomorrow night, of course, the second night of a back-to-back set uh, for the Celtics team. It almost seemed like he wanted to say this is strictly precautionary, but he wouldn't use that language. But, I mean, Bobby... What, what did you think about it? Like, what is this? Is this more of a precautionary thing when you think about him having COVID and double overtime and you know the first night of a back-to-back set? Or do you think this is something that could that could linger, you know, long term for for Jalen? Well, it's precautionary, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Uh, the explanation that stuck out to me, and this was his explanation on the injury, is that he thinks Brown ramped up too fast after coming up back from COVID. And, of course, played 40-something minutes in that first game. And then 
was hurting within the next day or two after the Toronto game. So right now it seems like overuse, but the concern I know Jimmy's probably going to hit on hard is that you're dealing with overuse this early into the season. You're struggling with minutes. You're, you know, have to sit out a game. It's precautionary, but you don't like to have to take precautionary measures this early in the season. I'm not as concerned about this injury specifically, but when you look at him last year, where do you have wrist, hip, knee, maybe both knees, right? And uh, probably another injury, ankle, that I can't think of. He had so many injuries last year, and he's becoming a guy at this point who does miss a fair amount of games to the full of the year. And at this point, what's he, 24 now, 25? This... This is a guy who's just a little bit injury-prone. Not extremely injury-prone. He'll be back quick from this, as Ime said. But you do worry just about lingering, nagging injuries like tendonitis for him, which is something he's dealt with at this point through multiple seasons in his career. This isn't a panic situation. Like I don't think we're worried about Brown missing weeks here, but it's early. It's an early injury, which is concerning. So that's it right there. It, it's the fact that we're, we're in game three. And, I, and we're already trying to find re- reasons to justify why he might be missing a game, you know, or whether it's, you know, ramping up too quickly or, you know, coming back from COVID or they're on the second or the first end of a back-to-back. None of these things, and listen, I don't know what, you know, after effects of COVID he's dealing with, but the Celtics didn't mention COVID as, you know, being the reason why he's up. They mentioned that it was the left knee. So lower body injuries always scare me you you got a wrist injury that's fine you know get over you know it heals you move on lower body that's like something that basically i I will give the medical breakdown right now i am a doctor (laughs) um lower lower body injury that's just nagging i mean we're in game three and he's already got knee pain this is this is an issue that he dealt with last year and the fact that this is already the game that's that, I'm sorry, but that is borderline panic. And I get people chirping me on on Twitter being like, oh, this guy sounds like a lot of fun like talking about me just because I'm a little like nervous about the fact that he had to miss a game already. But I don't you're I think you're actually in denial if you if you're if you can just brush this off as, oh, they're just like resting him because whatever reason you want to give. Like this is a guy who's in the prime of his career. He shouldn't need any rest. Like he he's not playing because he has apparently a pretty serious level of knee pain that he can't play. And e, that's, a, that's a bad deal. I mean, this isn't Kemba Walker we're talking about here. The Celtics Kemba Walker for that very reason because they couldn't depend on him. He couldn't play back-to-backs. He couldn't play a certain amount of minutes. And, you know, whether or not whether that was a team, de- whether that was a team decision, well, listen, I hate to say it, but, I mean, the way, this, the way that's going with it, it's like they're, they're treating him almost similarly, right? I mean, they're, they're not going to play him because there's a back-to-back coming up, but... If that was the case, wouldn't they play him tonight and just not play him the next night? So I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it, you're going mix, to mix mixed messages maybe. But for me, I'm on high alert. I obviously want to see Jalen Brown healthy and out there. Um, so for him to have to miss the game, I'm sure he didn't want to miss the game. So to me, that has to be pretty serious. Yeah, I'm not on high alert. I mean, alert. And, like, and like there's, there's just a lot of, I think there's a lot of people who just don't want to think that way. And that's fine. You can go about your day however you want to. But to the facts... I mean, he's I know, got but this left tendinopathy. Can't even properly pronounce it's it. It's interesting but. coming from Celtics fans. Like you would think they would be the ones to smash the panic button because we've been down this road so many times with the you know, all stars. Your 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 premier your premier players going down. Exactly. Never this early though, but well, I guess yeah, that has happened in the past. 
in recent history. Yeah, I, I feel the same way I did about Rob. Pain. Like, was there something that he should have done in the offseason? Was there some sort of procedure that maybe he elected not to take or that he should have done while he was going through the wrist, um, you know, you know, rehabbing from the wrist, wrist injury? Was there something he could have done to clean something up, some arthroscopic, something that could have cleaned this up that he chose not to? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's 100%. I'm just wondering. Well, Bobby, because if this is something that's going to nag all Bobby, season long, Celtics have a ton of back-to-backs this year. I think they have the most back-to-backs in the NBA. Yeah, I thought he had a cleanup of some kind, right? Yeah. I do remember that, too. Yeah, he mentioned that. So he did he that. Was, yeah, I, th- I believe he did. To that effect, that he was experiencing okay, something so and he had, yeah, so. I think he's going to be okay. It's the same Maybe injury as Rob. That. Rob was out there the next night. Rob has looked not great, but fine to me. What? And Rob is a foot lower than he's been. He's, he's literally know, playing he's like playing, below the rim. He's, he's clearly well, injured though. by something. He's playing okay, Bobby. He's playing well. He had two points and like two rebounds tonight. Yeah, but he was really good against the Knicks, and I thought really good against Serrano. So first bad game here. The sustainability of this team is my biggest worry. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain injuries again this year. I don't think they have the depth for it. The young guys are struggling. Uh, Pritchard, Romeo, Neesmith, go down the list. Romeo's hurt again. We didn't even mention that. <laughs> so well, I don't think just... this team... I don't think this Old team hat, can sustain guess, yeah. an injury at any position, and that's my real concern here. I, I'm not concerned about any singular ailment right now that any of these guys are going through. I'm just worried that when a guy comes out, Bobby, comes why, why, why wouldn't you be? Uh, why wouldn't you be somewhat concerned that Jalen Brown missed Game Three of the season with left knee pain? Why wouldn't that concern you? At I'm least somewhat a concerned. Bit? I'm not on high alert like you to use your words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on high alert. I've got my antennas up right now because it always starts. Keep them with, up. <laughs> pain it always starts with a little bit of pain and then all of a sudden it always starts with a little listen i'm the celtics have not the earned the celtics have not earned our trust and uh oh my god know, admiration when it comes to handling injuries one little ailment you're better luck a just going a on a web and figuring it out on your own yeah exactly yeah. jimmy like that's that's exactly that's how i felt like most Celtics fans would react to honestly i was i was a bit surprised but again i think it's because a lot a lot of it has to do with what Eme said he kind of calmed people down shortly after he delivered the bad news. Well, there's the bad news of the day. The good he news. He has of the no day. choice. He's he needs to be the coming presence. So I, well, I, how about, I listen. Uh, I appreciate how about the Romeo news coming after the fact. Dead, but. The Romeo news dropped after the fact, right? He didn't even talk about it. Uh, it was after his pregame. Uh, I don't know if he was asked about it postgame. Well, you can check that out in a little bit. We'll find out. But uh, Romeo, uh, what was it? Sore calf. Yeah, that, left that calf. Is that a calf strain? Calf strain. Uh, yeah. Or calf tightness is what it was calf called. Calf tightness. That's, that's, that's was, better than calf strain. Like, calf strain would be kind of serious. Yeah, so it's just it, it's tightness. That's what it's they're like calling. with Jalen Brown out tonight, how tight is your calf? With Jalen Brown out, <laughs> you needed that reinforcement. Hey, I'm all for being you cautious. You must have the I tightest said... calf in the world to not be able to play. After Rob came down with his injury, I said if he needs to take a month off here to get it right, why not? You know, it's it's the first month. Get it right. And apparently it just looks like something they're going to have to manage when it comes to this injury in particular. John's not here. John would be sounding alarms. There'd be horns blaring. He'd be pulling up every medical worst-case scenario on this injury in particular. Um, Guys, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. He'd say, he'd say Jalen Brown would be better off tearing his ACL. The patella, right now. The patella can burst. <laughs> 
It can burst. <laughs> look, 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 none of us are doctors, but you guys know it could burst, right? No. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the antenna should be up, Jimmy. You're right. We should. Yeah. In his defense, close, close he, he ended up being fairly just... right on Kemba, though. I mean, he was oh, fairly he was right, so on right on Kemba. So, I don't know about the yeah. ACL thing still, but I get what he was right. getting at. Right. What, the clean right. break combo? With... We're never going to yeah. forget that. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, my big thing is, is with Jalen, it's like – like you said, Bobby, he's had a list. He's had a handful of injuries. You know, you can go go down the line. He's a physical player. He's a slasher. Plays hard on both ends. He's always going to be a guy that could be more susceptible to getting banged up. But really, to have left knee soreness after two games, that to me, I mean, I don't know how you manage. How do you manage it? Like I said, like they haven't even had a long season like, ahead. <laughs> exactly, it's a Not long season ahead. And like you, yeah. like you said, they don't have the depth to overcome Jalen Brown missing 30 games, you know, throughout the year for whatever reason, whether it's knee or whatever. And hey, 30 games. Jimmy, that'd be You just terrible. don't have that depth. I mean, clearly, shit, that, I know it would be terrible. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm saying, like, if they have to manage his if – if, if he has to take the Bobby, I can't like, see oh, 30. He's fine I can see Rob. 20. Right, sure. Let's just say 20. But I, do, they, do they have that depth? I mean, Romeo, you can't depend no, on Romeo either. Don't. He's well, out for no, any any reason is, under the sun. No, this is when you see the other guys step up. Whether that you know Al Horford, you can rely on right now. Grant Williams, shit, he just tied. Well, we a, talked a about it. You, 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 you can't you, overdo it with those guys. All right, guys, we're gonna get back to our conversation here. Uh, but first off, we want to tell everybody, of course, about our sponsor, uh, which is Insa. Uh, Insa. Yep. Yeah which is uh, Massachusetts Premier Cannabis Dispensary. That's I-N-S-A, INSA. Uh, they're the premier dispensary because the founders, Pat and Pete, they re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting anybody or everyone and making sure everybody who wants a yeah. piece of the action is included. Weed guy it's, move, just always passing it down to the next guy. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Insta's dispensaries are inviting and modern. Come and learn more. The staff are authorities on the science of all of the growing, the technologies. They can answer every single question there. Uh, and so where do you go? You got a million of these things. Well, actually four. Uh, in Salem, <laughs> East Hampton, Close. Boston Delivery, two Springfield locations. One of them's near the MGM Casino. What you do if you go, mention that the guys at the Garden Report said stop by and you get a sweet T-shirt for one penny. Okay, uh, we got like a hundred of them, uh, and they are good. they're fun, they're sweet. I got one right here. Are you wearing you wearing one? Shoot, in Insa. Okay, <laughs> I would like to get one. I'm gonna have yeah. to borrow one. Okay, repping. I'm repping it. But go go check it out. Tell them the Garden Report sent you. Get the T-shirt uh, for a penny, and then who knows what else you might find. I've been there. Uh, meaning to go to MGM, so that's gonna be a nice little pit stop on the way. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Uh, they're local. Support your local uh, company. It's not a bunch of – it's not some friggin' tech bros coming from Silicon right. Valley. These guys grew up. They're buddies in Springfield. Uh, and so this oh, is a local cool. dispensary. It's not just guys cool. who are like, I'm going to go make money selling weed. Um, it's right. a local company, so go support it. Insight, it is our sponsor. <laughs> Tell them the Garden Report sent you. Get your T-shirt and whatever else you desire. 18 you can you can get by you can get by against the Rockets Joe Sway, but you're talking about a, a game against an East Eastern Conference team. The East is stacked this year. The yeah, Celtics I, I went through them too. Short term. But we're talking about short term, but we also might be talking about just maintenance throughout the season. You have to pick and choose now which games are you going to sit in, which games is he going to play less. 
You know, like you can't go through, you yeah. can't survive a season that way. Look at the East. The Celtics might be the eighth best team in the East if they're lucky, based on, you know, Ooh, that's how some other teams. Right I had them at six at the best before the season started, and I can't tell you yeah, that anything's say, changed my mind so far. And, and if he's, yeah, if, if Jalen's missing 25, 30 games, then you know he's going to bump him out. And I'm, I'm not saying he's going to miss those games. I'm just saying, for example, like if, if you have to start dealing with managing, whether it's Jalen Brown or, or Rob Williams or whoever it is, you, like you said, Bobby, they just don't have the depth really to overcome those, you know, big, you know, stretches of without being with their starters or without their, you know, guys that they're supposed to get, get third. 30 minutes a game from 30 plus minutes. That's why I'm concerned. I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just like, it's like, damn, like it's game three and we're already at this point. Like that's, that's shitty. Like that's not what you want to see. Do you think from Eme post game, Romeo's calf just felt tight there in warmups. Team want to be safe with him, keeping him out. Um, and after the first win with the Celtics, it's overdue. You guys took too long to get it. That's, that's Eme. In five, six words right there. Oh, wow. I thought you were talking to us when you said that. Yeah. Wow, look no, at this. This is kind of interesting. Celtics tweeted this, I guess, like, a little celebration in the locker room for Ime's first win. Good vibes. Season was That's over. Now they're celebrating and dancing. Look at <laughs> that. The game ball too. Yeah, there you go. That's oh. actually a nice thing to see. I, I, I'm happy with that. Anyway, the roller coaster continues in Boston. Figured out. Uh, yeah. um, we varied their lead a little bit here. At the podium right now is really, I think, the story of the season so far in a positive light. Uh, the chat, I think, is going to have to do an apology cam early this year, unless they're willing to hold out on the guy that many of them want to just simply release Grant Williams. One of the best three-point shooters in the NBA to start this season. Grant Williams. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, he's just like we all right thought. Now. 25 of them when his career started. Yeah, and since then, he's if Grant, you keep what? track of it, like through that regular season, playoffs, and now into this season, and last season as well, I guess, because he started a couple of years ago at this point, uh, he's like a 40% three-point shooter at this point if you take out those first 25. So this guy, they leave him wide open. Nobody even like tries to contest it and he hits them with relative ease at this point in his career. So good four spacer for them to have. The problem still is that he just gets abused on defense. Like just taller, bigger guys in the post pummel him. You saw Sangoon going at him. But as far as four spacing goes, you may said it, Random. shooting's at a premium. And this guy is now shooting, let's say nine of 13 this year, I think is the total. So just incredible stuff from Grant in a floor spacing aspect right now. And uh, I think you're going to have to continue to play him. I'm not going to make a case for him to start, but he's going to have to be a steady, let's see, what's he playing right now uh, in terms of minutes per night? Say yeah. 20 minutes a night, I think is fair. Yeah. I mean, this is that, that's the thing. Like Guys like Grant, when, when this team's faced, faced with adversity, like I, I want to see someone like this step up. And I want to get confident because, you know, long-term, toward the, end, the, trail, the, the tail end of the season – I want that to be automatic, you know, that, that confidence that we're seeing right now in this approach and his shooting, and especially on the, on the defensive end, you know, like we talked about it in, in game one, Julius Randle, like he just couldn't get a stop, but it didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, it didn't intimidate him on the offensive end, you know, he continues to shoot. He's showing a lot of confidence for sure. So I don't mind it right now, especially coming off the bench for sure. Like, especially if they're not going to guard him. 
Yeah. Like people can say people can feel the way they do about the team overall, and there's still plenty of question marks before things are ironed out. But one thing I'm sure we can all agree on is the second unit is much stronger compared to last year's team. I mean, like that's one thing that I feel like really can, can when they're be healthy the difference. could be the difference yeah. between them getting home court potentially. You know, a once top you, four or five seed. Once you start digging deep though, like tonight for two or three guys deeper down the lineup there. I think the first batch of guys that they bring off the bench are pretty good. Schroeder, Richardson, uh, one of the bigs, and Grant. But once you start going down to Neesmith, Pritchard, Romeo, those guys to start this year, it's been rough. And, you know, there's guys who haven't even touched the four yet, like Cantor and Parker and those kind of guys, Bruno Fernando. So you start getting down pretty rough once you get a pass like 10 in this rotation, I'd say. And, man, Neesmith has been – you, you look at the rookies right now. Pritchard's shot poorly, but I think he, he's he been okay in limited minutes. Probably more toward bad. I, I like some of the things he does out there, but if I'm going to be honest with the shooting, he's probably been bad. Uh, Langford's been solid, but had a few bad games, and now he's hurt. And Neesmith's been really bad. The game looks faster than him again. Uh, yeah. He's 0-10 this season. Yeah, so, may may misses Romeo. I feel like Eme was the one that like, look, no, I want Romeo for tomorrow night, especially because of this matchup against the Hornets, which we're about to get into. Like, you're gonna need a little Romeo. You're gonna need a little bit of everyone. So I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's he certainly has Romeo above Neesmith on the depth chart. What do you do with? I don't Grant? know what Just the hell is keep going him where on he is. My connection. Jimmy, like my connection's all effed up. My connection's all effed up. I don't know what the hell's going on. What were you guys talking about? We're, talk, we're talking Grant Williams. Look at that smile. How can you miss it? <laughs> hey, I, I hit on Grant earlier in the show. I mean, shout out to Grant, man. He's doing his thing. He's being like basically like the three and D guy that will keep him in the league. I never really believed in Grant as like the big. I just he was never big enough to be a big, as far as I was concerned. So he that's went the, the other direction. Right no, he wasn't slim enough. That's what that's what it was, Jimmy. Keep him. That's what it was. Keep, Grant keep Slim him. Williams. Keep him at the effect. four. He can right. switch onto the five if he really needs to in this system, but don't play him at the five. And that means you got to get away from this double big at some point. And, you know, I explained in the preseason, you, you're probably playing like 11, 12 minutes of double big overall. You're getting another rotation through the course of the game. The problem is, is when you play double big, you do kind of have to play Grant some center minutes or Cantor. And right now they've shown no stomach for Cantor. So Grant's getting those minutes and they're really struggling when he plays center right now because guys just body him in there. You saw those double teams that they had to throw at uh, uh, Shangun when he was going at Grant. That kind of disrupted the defense right there. And he does an okay job, but I, I'd even think about, and again, as we're talking about where the starting lineup goes, maybe playing him at the four next to Horford out of the gate. You know, send Rob to that bench. Let him play alongside Pritchard. I think you got to find somebody from the bench right now to come up. Whether it's Schroeder, Grant, one of those Bobby's guys. Never find a bench Rob. It's yeah, not about is. benching Rob. <laughs> he's going to play the same minutes. It's just about who he plays with. Now you know, right now he's just not working all that well with the starting lineup. And you know, Horford, I think, is the one of the best Celtics that so he should be out there with the starters. Uh, he's, and then you know, tomorrow night, he's tomorrow night, you're going to be like. But guys, does Ema is he going to bench Rob now? Like, if he has one more bad game, <laughs> it's not about more, benching Rob. It's it's just where he's playing. He's going to play the same amount of minutes. Grant though, right. making a case. They need a shooter in the starting line. You say Grant's That's making why. a case to be a starter? Yeah, I think said? there's an open competition for that fifth starter spot. And there has been all along, um, and now right. Horford has solidified himself in it. And you're looking at Rob now as the replaceable piece there. And 
Jalen, obviously, depending on how long he's out, there'll be a chance for a lot of different guys to try out for that spot, I think. All right, yeah. let's talk about the Hornets. Because listen, now, listen, I like shout out Grant, but I'm not ready to be like Grant the starter. I'm not, you need I'm some not, shooting here. You need it badly. All right, let's talk I just about the don't Hornets think then. of Grant that way. It's going to have to do Please. a lot more. Yeah, we start we got the Hornets now, guys. On to the next one. We're on to Hornets. All right. And believe the it or Hornets not, are really good. I watched some not, today. Not only are they, I'm about to get there, Bobby. Give me a second. Not only are the Hornets undefeated right now, three and zero, they just handed the uh, the Brooklyn Nets a, a 16 point loss. So they're feeling themselves right now. And right now, the Celtics uh, they're going to try to make it two and one on their on the or two and two, excuse me, right? Yeah. On the, on the uh-huh. season. How are you feeling about this, guys? Because the, the Hornets, I feel like this is the kind of team that provided Celtics with a lot of issues here. You know, they got they got they got wings that can score. You know, they can move up and down the floor. Lamelo balls look great. They got guys that can put points up on the board in a hurry. You know, guys that can that can score in double digits. Yeah, Miles Bridges had what thirty two today, so he's dangerous. Yeah, thirty two. The Hornets are nasty. Remember how good they they were the most fun team to watch in the NBA last year before the injuries hit them. I thought so too. I couldn't believe people were so low on them coming in this year. Yeah, Hayward is off tonight, but he's uh, he hasn't been bad this season so far. Yeah, no, man, he, they're legit. It's gonna that's gonna be a tough game. I mean, like we already talked about, second end of a back to back on the road against a team that's you know obviously playing well. I mean, that would be a huge a huge W for the Celtics if they can pull it off. I mean, obviously they're gonna need Jalen Brown in that game. I don't know if Eme said anything about what his status was for tomorrow or anything, but um, you know they're gonna need all hands on deck for that one for sure. Yeah, it'll probably be a game time decision, I'd imagine. Uh, have they played Hayward yet since he left? I don't think they have, have they? Um, I think they have. He just hasn't. He hasn't played in Boston yet. I think that's what it is. Yeah, there was that one. There was the the one reunion game where he got hurt, like right right before. With I think it was the hand or something. Yeah, but I'm not sure I'm if they played him. Now that, that I think about it, yeah, I don't I'm think sure. they have because we would have probably remembered that. There probably would have been a 30 point performance that we would have been like, ah, oh. sure. <laughs> everybody does that to the Celtics. So look out for that, of course. The revenge yeah. game that happens to everybody leaves Boston. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, you know, they're going to run the similar issues that they did in that Knicks game. Shooting, ton of pace, a ton of wing defenders and versatile lineups that Charlotte throws out there. And that coach is outstanding. So, this is one of the better teams in the East, I think. I think they're in play for one of those lock seeds, one of the six. They don't play a ton of defense. They only really have one center. So, they're going to be going small a bunch. And the question you ask with the Celtics is do you chase them there? Or do you kind of stick with those double big lineups and try to exert mismatches? So far, E-May has been more of the latter. We're going to play our style and try to contrast that. And that didn't work good against the Raptors at all. The, they look so slow against the Raptors, as John said. Mm-hmm. So I got a loss. I'm going to I'm gonna chalk this one up to a loss. I yeah. think the Hornets are really good, yeah. Okay. Lamelo Ball. Oh, they're going in as the under. I mean, the Celtics are. I don't know what the line is, but I'm sure that they're going to be an underdog probably by like around five points or something. Probably three, three to five points, maybe something like that. Yeah. Maybe they five. Didn't have five a scare might be in the a fourth. little. Five might be a little high, but I think they're going to they, be an underdog by a few points. They didn't have a scare in the fourth quarter either. That was the underrated thing tonight. Is the Celtics had that 20 point lead, could have rested some guys, but they get within 12, and you got to bring the starters out there. The walk of shame that we saw right. last year. Um, let me double check that Hayward thing because that is interesting. Did I think some people against... in the comments said no, he hasn't played. But yeah, that's what I assumed right, too. But... Yeah, he got he got hurt the game he was before. Hurt, right? He sat. I think he sat out that game. Yeah, he got hurt the game before. Then he missed the last two. So this will be the first game for Gordon Hayward against the Celtics. Do you miss him? 
I miss him every time I've every time I see him play. No, <laughs> I don't miss him. I don't miss him. Who Hayward? I mean, yeah. listen. I think he gave I them think... exactly what they needed. Miss him. We never, yeah. we never well, saw when, him. We never saw right. the real Gordon. It's like kind of like Fournier vibes. Like when you see him on the other team, like, damn, yeah. this dude can freaking play. But I feel like he never clicked or he was never healthy enough I feel like for a long we, enough stretch. I don't stretch. know that guy, right? When I see him, yeah, right. like, I don't know that guy. Like, I never saw I mean, him. I, th- I mean, I think, I think we can all agree that Hayward would make the Celtics better if you're just adding Hayward to the team. So obviously, yeah, they miss him in that sense. But let's not forget. He did get hurt last year, and that was the knock the whole time is that this guy can't stay on the court. He got hurt for a good amount of the games last season. He didn't play in the playoffs. And, I mean, if that's, if that's what happened. There was happens, some noise around that team, too. Like, is, is he going to come back? Like, it's, it's right, kind it of time, and down he to, never yeah, did. Yeah, it was close. Yeah. Right, he never did. And that, that was exactly the people who were against Celtics re-signing Hayward took a little bit of a victory lap. Not, not to, like, rub it in his face that he got hurt, but just to say, like, you know what? This is why we didn't want to re-sign, the Celtics to re-sign him because he can't stay on the court. And sure enough, last season started out great for the Hornets. Like we talked about, they're one of the most fun teams to watch. But he got hurt again. And then he got hurt again after that. So it's the same, it's the same deal. I mean, if he can stay on the court, then that's Bobby, a different story. you can't story. put that up, man. Like, it's about you, you know? Bobby, did you post uh. that? Did you put that up about you, bro? <laughs> The thing is, Bobby actually, Bobby so actually does things. think. Bobby actually says, I see it, yeah. people always tell me that I look like Gordon Hayward. It's like, dude, no. I see it. Not really. How many really. times do you, do you see a person say, yeah, I see, I see the comparison. No, nobody nobody says that. Yeah. And nobody says like, that. Yeah. yeah. I've seen okay, it a lot in the comments. Yeah, I, don't, I, see what, I hear what you're saying, Jimmy. I just feel like it was always, uh, okay, this looks great. What a great stretch from Hayward, but – how long is this going to last, right? There was always that question mark lingering over his head throughout his entire tenure with the Celtics. So I just feel like we never got the Utah Hayward. We never got the the, the guy that we expected. And right. then I felt like every time he put the, his best out there, it was always measured to the guy in Utah. You know, he never could, right. he could never match that No, guy. he didn't match and up to that. Know. But you know what? Like, yeah. obviously, you know, what – what transpired after that didn't really work out either. I mean, with the TPE, Fournier, all that nonsense. Yeah. I mean, looking back, yeah, you might as well just pay more for Hayward. With, his debut, you know, that, that night in Cleveland was the beginning of the end, you know? You just I – mean, it was never – he was never the same, and, and it just changed a lot of things for the Celtics' franchise, you know? Yeah, so sure. tomorrow Regardless night. What they want to say that was a good thing, you know, or if, Bobby, if could what have been is different. that comment? What does that comment even yeah. mean? I don't know. Anything that's anyway. just Bobby in it, he's just throwing it up there. Yeah, I'm just running through him. I know you had some thoughts <laughs> on Jalen Green, Jimmy. Want to wrap with that? Oh, man. I mean, I just think um, I just think that dude's unbelievable already. I mean, we're talking about like game three and he's dropping third points and he's crushing his three pointers and just looks like a guy that you can really build around. So I think the Rockets really hit it out of the park with that pick. Um, kind just, of a, just an unreal player. He looked like, he honestly looked like the best player on the court tonight. Yeah. I, he, they fell to them, which was good for them. I think they were thrilled about that, but right. um, I, I will say, I think this was an abnormal shooting night for him. I don't think over the course of the season, he's going to be this ridiculous as a shooter. Well, I think he's going to take a lot. Not make a decent amount and probably fall somewhere in like that Trey Young range is where I see him as a shooter. But you do see how NBA ready he is. He's kind of the first guy to come through this G League system. And 
play with veterans like Amir Johnson and uh, Jarrett Jack and those type of guys, along with some other young pros. Looked like a good pass for him. It didn't work for everybody. Deshaun Nix did pretty terrible there, and I don't think he even got drafted. But Green came through, didn't have to play in a rigid college system, could play some NBA ball at the G League level, and it worked out for him. And he was pretty amazing here. Eight threes, right? That's the record against the Celtics for a rookie. So pretty ridiculous. The Rockets are going to be horrible. They're probably going to pick up another good young player. They made major mistakes with the Harden debacle last year, and looks like they're going to get bailed out of it with some good picks here. Um, Does Shangun intrigue you guys, though? Because that's so interesting one for me because the Rockets picked him with the Celtics pick. It went through the Thunder, went over to them, and now Shangun is kind of the what-if guy for the Celtics. I'm not blown away by him, but he does do some interesting things. What do you think? What do you think of him, Josue? I mean, no I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, same thing. Some I mean, people I wasn't go going crazy over. He didn't really do him. a whole lot tonight, to be completely yeah, honest. Oh, he did the pass, <laughs> the little behind the back pass to uh, Christian Wood. That is going to be a whole podcast in Houston. <laughs> you didn't like Marcus Smart's flashy little pass, did you? Oh my God, that was terrible. Just. We didn't even talk about Smart tonight. We'll save it for next show, I guess. But he has been so bad, unfathomable, bully bad. Like it's, it, like he's missing everything. He's not hitting anything inside the arc. He's not going inside the arc. He's not passing amazingly. He's passing okay, but not as good as I expected. And that one play that that one blew my mind. And then the other one was uh, Shengun on that post up. Actually, Smart was just standing there as Wood blew by him and hit a cutting layup there off Shane Goon's post-up. So I don't know what's going on with Smart. I'm not, like, thrilled about it, and it's really damaging to this team if he's just going to kind of be mediocre all year. Uh, all right. Yeah. Final thoughts yeah, before we head up out of here, Bobby? I guess that was the, mine. Was Jimmy it the Smart thing? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, this is a, I think this is a game we've seen him bounce back. You know, um, the, the backcourt, LaMelo Ball, and, you know, guards on this team that can really score in a hurry, Ish Smith. You know, I, I think, um, I mean, not to say that he doesn't get up for certain games, but, like, I think this is one of those games where he's like, okay, I, I'm going to bounce back here in a big way on the defensive end. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my final thought heading into this game against the Hornets. I do think this is going to be a nail-biter for sure. Like, I think this is going to be – Bobby, can you put a comment that's not about you? Like, just one – They're all about me right <laughs> now. They're what does about- Joe Sway look like? Let's get a Joe Sway comment in there. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's Joe Sway. Oh, there we go. Oh, damn. <laughs> Oh, damn. Yo, that's a good one. <laughs> you wanted it, you got it. Wait, wait, wait. No, don't. My man Joe Sway is not unemployed for the record. Oh, my God. This no, no, good. but if, if, if you saw DJ Augustine that was unemployed, he might look like me. He might look like Joe Sway. <laughs> Joe like a basic creative player in MLB. No, that's one of the funniest ones I've seen in a while. That's funny. J-O-S-H-U-E. Yeah, man, that's tough spelling. All right, yo, do Jimmy now. Damn, all right, Bobby. Yeah, no, you guys can skip me. You can skip me. Don't worry about me. We'll get me next time. (laughs) Jimmy's like, no, please don't. No, please don't. Please don't. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's my my final thought. I mean, that's what I think is going to happen between Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown comes back. That's another prediction. I I think he comes back in this one, and uh, we we get a nail biter. It's going to be a good show, a good game. And a good show right after. Good game and a good yeah. show. I'll be I'll be here tomorrow. Right. Hopefully you guys will be around. Um, my hope, final uh, thought. Go ahead. What's up? I said I hope my final thoughts. Be- no, go. Go. Oh, I was gonna say I keep cutting you off. 
I hope I hope people enjoyed it. We tried our best to bring the John negativity here, even in a win. People didn't like it, but I thought there was some stuff to nitpick here tonight. So hopefully people didn't like it. Us. No, okay, people didn't like it. Listen, I, mean, I was gonna do the whole John thing. I was gonna like, yeah. Listen, if they felt their first win of the season, it was in game. I mean, I think most people expected to win this game. So I mean, yeah, we're obviously glad that they won, but we're not going to spend an hour and a half like praising the Celtics for beating the Rockets. But there's, there's a lot of other. They weren't amazing. The Rockets just kind of sunk. No, there's a lot of other things to talk about, so we try to hit them all. You know, that's just the way it is. I mean, hey, I'll be, I'll be uh, very impressed. I'll be very impressed if they beat the Hornets tomorrow. Go ahead, Jimmy. Me too. My final thought doesn't have anything to do with the game. Found out earlier today that uh, Bob Newmeyer, uh, legend in the uh, Boston media scene yes, for the last call, man. like. Gosh, how long? 40 years Since plus. I can remember. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, passed away uh, due to some you know, health complications. He was seven years old. I was lucky enough to work with Bob at CSN New England for a few years. And I can just tell you guys, one of the nicest guys, funniest guys, had a story for everything, you know, commanded the room. And when that red light turned on to go live, I mean, this guy was like the smoothest you can imagine. Like, he didn't need a script. He didn't need anyone telling him, you know, what to say. It was, everything was just natural to him. And, uh, you know, I was really sad to hear that he passed away. But, um, you know, he was just he, – he lived, like, an unbelievably awesome life. You know, NBC, WEI, CSN New England. This guy is, like, a legend. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, sad to hear that he passed away. But he won't be forgotten. I think there's not really, you know, many people in the field or really in the world like, like Bob Newmeyer. So – I uh, just wanted to to say, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to their family and, you know, rest in peace to Bob. Good guy. Knew me. Yeah. yeah good, call, I wanna, good call, Jimmy. I got a chance I wanna, to uh, work with him a bit at EEI when I was uh, back in my producer days and I was behind the glass. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just a, a true professional. And it's the it's the stories that you hear from other people that really is a testament, right? And that was that for was sure. new me for sure. And you, and you saw that in the in the telecast. I mean, uh, Abby even – took the moment to, to, to give him that shout out and of course shared, you know, personal experiences with him. So yeah, yeah. It was a, good call a lot of people who are still at, C- at NBC Boston, you know, tons of people still work there, you know, work right in hand with Numi and he always worked like the late shift and you know, I'd be stuck working the late shift sometimes. And he just kept it fun. Like would be, you know, I think uh, Max Letterman tweeted something like the debates that Numi had with Kyle Draper, who everyone who follows the Celtics knows Kyle Draper. They used to just go at it like all in good fun, but, you know, Drake it's like, so like 12.30, 1 a.m. in the newsroom, and these guys are going <laughs> at it, like, about something, you know, sports-related, just ridiculousness. But that was the type of guy he, type of guy knew he was, and he, he really brought the best out of everybody, and, and he, made, yeah. he made it fun. So this is so that's, uh, that's it. it's been a, It's crazy looking back the last two years just how many people, you know, public and private, have kind of lost here. It's just been a really mm-hmm. tough two years in that regard. I want to – Throwing sure. out here, local, private, the Hamill family in Peabody lost their son. Um, really sad today. He had the wake for him. Uh, college senior. Everybody knew him here in Peabody. I was in a line for two hours at the wake. It was really tough one for the city here. So I want to uh, send some love out to that family who, you know, went to my church, was on the bus growing up. Uh, really good kid, good friend of my sister, good friend of a lot of her friends. That was that was a really tough one this said months. I want to send some love to their family too. Just uh, twenty-two, probably just brutal, brutal loss. It's too bad. Sorry right, to hear, well, Bob. We'll see you guys in about twenty-four hours. Brand new show, yes, sir. Uh, Back at new, it again. Brand new episode. As I do my my plug here, but guys, you can't plug you your own show. 
You're going to thank me, all right? Cedric <laughs> Maxwell podcast, special oh, guest, Paul Pierce. Man, incredible oh. interview, guys. I'm not just saying it, okay? One hell of an interview between Cedric Maxwell and Paul Pierce. This is less than 24 hours after the official announcement of him making a name, one of the, 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 the best, greatest 75 players in NBA history. So you can imagine he was in a really good mood and great spirit. Oh, yeah. You know what Max can you know what kind of stories and what kind of laughs Max can bring out of people. So for sure, guys, check that out. On oh, CLN. my God, the intro. He's like, here with the number 74. <laughs> right? That's just the tone right there. Yeah. <laughs> CLNS Media, you already know on YouTube. It's on the page, clnsmedia.com. Check that out. And uh, that's a wrap, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Celtics, Hornets. See if can make what time's the tip-off? 7.30? Do it for E-May Celtics. Mm. Come on. Give him a second win. He, he deserves it. That's no. right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Seven o'clock start. Seven o'clock start. Seven o'clock. Good. Good. Even better. Early one. All right. Early show again. Yep. We'll, we'll see you see back you here tomorrow with John Sherrod back in the fold. It'll be the full crew. So we'll see you tomorrow.